0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of High on Infinity, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. I am your host, Jacob Knight. we got another fantastic episode on up for you today, folks. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bulls documentary about the air on ESPN. And then we're going to get into coronavirus continuing to ruin our lives. And finally, continuing with the ranking series, we're looking into the Spider-Man films. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, yes, yes! That time of week again, everybody. High on Infinity, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host Jacob Knight. Your first time listening to the podcast? Welcome to the podcast. Any far returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. And once again, like I said, thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, and subscribes. I would not be here today without y'all, the listeners, So I thank y'all for that. Hope everybody's doing good. Um, I'm doing pretty good myself. Today's day. I, think I lost count of quarantine. I think today's day 22, I want to say. And, is, and also, it's like day five of state lockdown. Yes, the state of Alabama has put a stay at home order. Can't go nowhere after five unless you're going to the grocery store, work, get food, emergencies, or exercise. So, besides those five or six things, once it hits five o'clock, we got to be at home. And I had a pretty um i'll say good weekend um i reactivated my disney plus i caught up on some netflix shows i finished better call Saul, so i need something else to watch on netflix i'm thinking about watching community again up until the point where uh donald glover leaves the show and i started the mandalorian on disney plus it's a pretty good show and i've been watching a lot of movies over the weekend I think last yeah last weekend i watched uh captain america the Winter soldier then age of ultron then so Sil- the Civil war on sunday then this weekend i might run back infinity war end game and just pick another random movie to watch on sunday no since we can't go anywhere um but besides that let's get into the show oh uh, i think i stated last week i was gonna f- do a comic book movie tournament you know getting the best determining what is the best com- comic book movie of all time and we were one week closer to Revealing that bracket on next week's episode, we're gonna reveal the entire bracket, explain how the voting process works for each round. Cause like each week is going to be one round. Like next, yeah, next week I'm gonna you know introduce it. Then during the following week will be the voting. Then the week after that we're gonna do the you know the the results for the first round and do that week by week until you know the final round. But uh, yes, yeah, so, like I'm thinking about po- posting it. Like the vote, and you know, I'm gonna post it like a comment like on Facebook, then people comment what movie they think is great or is better or do the Facebook poll, Twitter poll, and Instagram polls. But I'm still working on a seating at the moment, but I do have the participants so I like to just uh name them. Like I said there's 32 movies, 16 DC and 16 Marvel separating into two groups. And the DC movies that's gonna be in this tournament is of course the, the Christian Bell Batman trilogy. Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Um, got V for Vendetta. That's, I know people think it like that's DC. Yeah, I think yeah, the sister or the, the the comic book that wrote the, well, the publisher that wrote the comic is underneath the DC branch. So technically, I count I'm counting it as a DC movie. You also got the Watchmen movie. We're getting to the DC universe movies. You got Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, Shazam, Aquaman, Suicide Squad, Justice League. The Waygo Batman movie, which is a really good movie. I highly recommend it. You got the Teen Titans Go movie, of course, the recent Joker movie, Birds of Prey, and the round off the DC group. We got Batman versus Superman. And then the Marvel group. The Marvel group, I didn't want to put all of the MCU movies on there, so I divided it. I, I split it up. I have eight, you know, MCU movies and eight non MCU movies. And then the, the MCU portion, we have, of course, Endgame, Infinity War. Captain America Winter Soldier, Captain America Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming Guardians of the Galaxy, Iron Man and Thor Ragnarok and in the non-MCU films we have um, of course Deadpool, Deadpool 2 Logan, X-Men First Class X-Men Days of Future Past X2, X-Men United Spider-Man 2 and of course Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse just to round off the Marvel portion. Like I said uh, next week we're going to unveil the bracket and then that week in between will be the voting process. We're going to put it on Facebook, Facebook Story, Twitter, and Instagram. And we're going to just keep on going with this tournament until there's one uh, movie left standing at the greatest comic book movie of all time. But I don't rambled enough. Let's get into the real topics. So we're going on about a month without no live sports. And trust me, as a sports fan, it's been very, very hard for me because we're in the midst of the home stretch of the NBA season. And my Los Angeles Lakers were playing the best basketball they've they've played in years. And they're about to make the playoffs as a one seed. Then we know uh, sports was suspended with the COVID-19 virus. And with no live sports, sports channels are really struggling to produce content. They've been replaying classic games and even showing sports movies on their network. I think I've seen a, um um an advertisement for like a basketball movie they about to play and the sports talk shows are just pulling topics out of the sky now and wash wrists and repeating the same topics every day. Like they been talking about Tom Brady going to the Bucks for three weeks. I'm like, come on, man. And they we talk about like of course like what what LeBron James had for breakfast that morning. And and that's coming from a Lakers fan. And they're just you know pulling topics like I said out the sky just to fill in some time and I'm also mad at first take because on Twitter they said hey we need some topics suggest some topics and I clicked on some of the comments some of them you know of course was the same topics they talk about all the time well, who you know lebron or jordan who's going to go to the NBA finals who's the MVP and I and I suggested I was like hey how about Y'all talk about the greatest game y'all ever watched. You know it's unique. It's not talk about what's going on today, and it's something you know something different. And guess I cut, and then I cut on first take talking about the same thing. You know LeBron or Jordan, who's gonna win MVP? All that stuff. Like man, I'm not giving y'all no more of my no more of my good ideas. What I do gotta say is one of the only things I can, or, or one of the only shining uh, or the bright lights I can think of. With No Live Sports, is I get to binge watch Peyton Places on ESPN, which is a very interesting show, probably because I'm a big Peyton Manning fan myself. But back to what we're talking about. Okay, so uh, in order to fix this dilemma of no sports, ESPN is expediting, using big words today, their Chicago Bulls documentary t- to premiere this month. And the name of the documentary is called The Last Dance. It covers Michael Jordan's last year in Chicago during the 97-98 season where Jordan won his sixth and final title. And the documentary was supposed to be aired in June to coincide with the NBA Finals. But now, since the virus is canceling all sports, ESPN decided to push the date up to this month. The documentary, like I said, will will follow Jordan and the Bulls teams during their final title run. And they'll talk to Jordan and and other teammates such as Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr, and Phil Jackson. And they're also going to show all the drama that went on behind the scenes as well. Because apparently the front office did not get along with Phil Jackson. And at the start of the season, they made Phil Jackson say that he's not going to coach the Bulls after this season. And Michael Jordan was very adamant that he will not play for another coach unless it was Phil Jackson. That we all know what happened after the season? He retired for three years and came back with the Washington Wizards to finish his career off. And also, they might cover the arguments and the fights that, that happened at practice, in the locker room. And they're also going to talk to other players in the NBA that played during the Jordan era, such as Magic Johnson, Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley, and the late great Kobe Bryant. And assumingly, the documentary will cover the Bulls craze at the time too because the Bulls were rock stars during their title runs. You had Jordan, the most popular athlete in the world. Anybody and everybody wanted to be on the Bulls just to play with Jordan and for a chance to win because they're, you know, of course, if you know your history, this was their third, their second straight, wait, their second, Second Pete winning their sixth title in eight years. And like I said, we'll talk to some of his teammates like Dennis Rodman, who, whose behavior was eccentric, to say the least, uh, during their run. We all know him coming out with different color hair. And of course, he, him wearing a wedding dress to some event. But my personal thoughts is, well, since there's no sports, um, we needed something to watch that was new. So I'm pretty excited to watch this documentary. They've been hyping this documentary up for probably a better part of a year and ESPN usually does good with their documentaries i don't think this is going to be in know this is considered a 30 for 30 series um but i did some research and the guy who was directing this documentary did direct the fab 5 documentary for 30 for 30 it's probably one of my favorite 30 for 30 documentaries ESPN has put out so when this comes on like i said the documentary is 10 episodes It'll be taking place over five weeks starting april 19th We're going to show the first two episodes then show two episodes each Sunday until um, until all 10 is revealed. And just to wrap it up right quick, I think ESPN is doing the right thing by expediting this documentary. And hopefully when the documentary is over in mid May, things will get back to some semblance of normal. So more things are getting delayed due to the coronavirus, such as the Candyman movie announced last week that the film is being pushed back because of the global virus. And the film is being pushed back from a June release date to a September release date and and is also following the footsteps of other highly anticipated summer movies that are being delayed, such as the Black Widow movie, which I'll get into in a minute, and Wonder Woman being pushed back from a June release date to August release date. And as of now, all the big time Movies that were set to release between March and June have been either delayed or, or sent straight to video on demand. And also, the coronavirus has affected the whole Marvel release schedule as well. Because uh it started with the Black Widow movie, which they announced was being delayed a couple weeks ago. And now Marvel has released their updated movie schedule. The, the original lineup was supposed to be, if coronavirus didn't happen, that this year in May, we're supposed to get the Black Widow movie. And in November, he's supposed to get the Eternals movie. And in 2021, he supposed to get the Shang-Chi movie in February, Doctor Strange sequel in May, and Thor in November. And in 2022, you're getting the Black Panther sequel. And in July, you're getting the Captain Marvel sequel, which was kind of like a low-key announcement because I didn't really I didn't really read upon nothing about when a possible Captain Marvel 2 release date was supposed to be put out. So basically, each movie is being, is being pushed back a release date. So the new schedule for Marvel's uh, movies will be November this year you'll get the Black Widow movie and in 2021 February you get the Eternals, May you'll get the Shang-Chi movie and in November you'll get the Doctor Strange sequel and in 2022 you get the Thor's the Thor for, man, getting tongue Tied, Thor's fourth movie in February and Black Panther and Captain Marvel both get their sequels. Their sequels don't change, still having the May and the June release date. And I found it strange that the the third Spider-Man movie wasn't on this list because it's scheduled for a 2021 release date, but it was nothing mentioned about it. I didn't know because, I don't know if it's because it's both a Marvel and a Sony movie. Maybe Sony has a final say-so on if the film gets delayed or not because the movie is supposed to start filming this summer, but I haven't read upon nothing of the film being delayed. But Sony has already delayed their other Spider-Verse movie Morbius being delayed from July this year to March next year. So I wouldn't be surprised if Spider-Man 3 or the third Spider-Man movie gets delayed. And also, uh, there was no mention about the Disney Plus shows on on, you know, will those shows get delayed as well because the Falcon and the Winter Soldier pose will come out in August and WandaVision, still don't like the name, except the premiere in October. And like I said, nothing was mentioned, but I have been reading that basically Falcon and the Winter Soldier is done filming. And I don't know if they're still going to be on track to release for a scheduled time. So don't quote me on that. So those delays I didn't take is bad because. I don't know, I just, you know, like the virus, you know, the virus happened and then went, OK, all this stuff's getting pushed back. So I really take that. I really take that, you know, I was really sad about it. It was just like, okay, well, I knew everything, was, everything else was getting delayed, so I assume they are they're going to delay those as well. But this one, this next delay I'm going to talk about, I'm not going to lie, I was heartbroken. But The Last of Us 2 got delayed again. Yes, the highly anticipated sequel is being delayed for a second time. It went from a February release date to a May release date, then from a May release date to To, to, to Be Determined release date. And a quote Sony put out of the delay announcement basically said, Logistic- logistically, the global crisis is preventing us from the launch experience our players deserve. Funny thing is, about a couple of weeks ago, I said, man, everything's getting canceled. Basketball season, the Marvel movies. Uh, well, at least The Last of Us 2 ain't going to get delayed because a part of me being optimistic, thinking that things will get back to normal by the end of May. But The news is talking about June, July, or August is when things are going to get back to normal because I thought that since video games are different from sporting events and movies, they don't require a mass gathering. like People can order um, the game online and have the game mailed to them, or they can get a digital copy on whatever system they own, or... They could go to the store and buy it and still follow the social distancing rules. But I forgot that video games have, you know, big, massive rollouts, too. They go to different video game outlets such as IGN and Game Informer to play test demos in front of them. And they also do conventions, big conventions as well and do the same things. And like I said before, there's no new release date at the moment yet. I think they, you know, at this point, I think they might just. They might as well just put it out on the PlayStation Five, you know, have it as a launch title for their new system. But I thought about it, and they might delay the game even more if they decided to put it on the PlayStation Five because I assume they have to port it to the PlayStation Five. I don't know how the porting thing works when you put a game on an older system to the newer system. I just assume because since they worked on this game so much to be put out on the PS4 and using all that technology, that I think I don't like, I don't know how how much it'll be to you know to, to basically put all that stuff on a new system. Maybe if they use the, you know, this current uh technology on the next gen technology, maybe it won't look that good if it was ported straight to the PS five. I wouldn't know, but I really think they're trying to put it down on the on the PlayStation 4. It's kind of like their swan song, like their last hurrah, like how the first game was for the PlayStation 3. And and any other year, I wouldn't be it wouldn't be as difficult to push a game back, but but because this is a year of a new system release, it will make it even harder to put a release date down for it. But the news of the Last of Us getting delayed again was very heartbreaking. I compared it to like a significant other. Um, cheating on you and you take back and they cheat on you again. Like Sony hypothetically told us that they'll never do it again by delaying it, but they did it again. And to rub even more salt on the wound, after the announcement, probably is a couple hours later, they released screenshots of the game pl- of you know gameplay in the game. It was like, hey, look at the screenshots while you're at it. It looks fantastic. I'm like we all we all like we was like we know it looks fantastic. We want to play the damn game. But I'm still excited about this game coming out. Whenever it comes out, no matter when, no matter what time period it comes out, whether it's the summer, fall, or even next year, I'm still excited about The Last of Us 2. Okay, so continuing with the ranking series, this week we're looking into the Spider-Man films. As stated in the past, I am a huge Spider-Man fan. He's my favorite superhero of all time. So I decided to rank all his movies from worst to best. And I'm covering all the Spider-Man movies. I'm covering all three in the Tobey Maguire trilogy, the two amazing Spider-Man films with Andrew Garfield, and of course the two Tom Holland movies. And I'm not counting any of his team-up movies like Civil War, Avengers, Endgame, and Infinity War, just his solo movies. And I'm even including Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So the criteria I'm using for this list is, first, how good the movie was as a whole. Then how good the Spider-Man was in that movie, how good was the villain portrayal, the plot, slash story. And I'm gonna say things I like about um all of the movies, even the ones that are at the bottom of the list. And last but not least, this is personally just my opinion. So please don't get mad if your movie, if your favorite Spider-Man movie is low or a movie you don't like that much is high. Okay, so kicking off the list at number eight is the amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, this is to me the bottom of the totem pole for the Spider-Man films overall. I thought Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man. He brought that wise-cracking jokester to the character, like we see in the TV shows and the comics, and also, like, the chemistry between him and Emma Stone, who played Gwen Stacy in the film, and I also like that they put her character death in the film like it was in the comics. I also like how they teased the Sinister Six plot in a post credit scene, but unfortunately, The Amazing Spider-Man 3 was cut due to the, t- the poor reception of the s- this sequel film, and I also like how they dive into Peter Parker's uh, you know what happened to his parents in the movie and the reason why this film is at the is in last place is plain and simple it's jamie fox's portrayal of the villain electro no disrespect to jamie fox he's a great actor but him and this this role just didn't work for me i just couldn't take him serious as a villain and also that they threw in the green goblin in the last 30 minutes as well just to just felt unnecessary to me and you you can't have one struggling villain and throwing another subpar villain to add on to the, you know to that but uh they probably did that because they're probably gonna build up the green goblin to be the villain in the third movie that never happens so this is the reason why they made spider-man 2 is at the bottom of the list number seven on the list is uh spider-man 3 um this was a good this was a movie that was a couple scenes away from being a good movie and I'll get to that in a second. But the parts I did like about this film, I like they had the black Spider Man suit. To me, you know, everything was better in all black. And like in the beginning, they continued uh, the Harry, the Harry Osborne versus Spider Man slash Peter Parker feud from the previous film. I like that they had the villain. I, I like, I felt like, well, most, again, tongue tied, I felt like Harry Osborne should have been the villain for the entire movie, trying to avenge his father's death. From the first movie but i felt like this movie was trying just a little bit too too hard for my liking first off there was technically three villains you had the new goblin slash harry osborne in the beginning of the movie he had a salmon in the middle and he had a venom towards the end of the film and it would have worked better if to me like i said if harry was just a sole antagonist but the main reason why this movie is in this spot is because of the peter parker jazz club slash emo phase during this movie because in one part of the movie when he gets the venom symbiote it shows a darker side of his personality and one of the first things he does is that peter performs a jazz dance routine at the bar that that mary jane works at which i was like okay well weird but okay and number six on the list is uh the first amazing spider-man movie To me, this was a solid reboot of the Spider-Man character. It tried stuff different from the original trilogy from uh, years before, such as mentioning Peter Parker's parents and introducing Gwen Stacy, Peter Parker's other famous love interest. And I like uh, Andrew Garfield's take on the character. And it was more common accurate because in this one, Peter used webcaps like he did in the comics and the TV show, unlike his shooting out of his wrist in the Tobey Maguire trilogy. And he was also, like I said, a wisecracking jokester. Uh, he was more of that than the original iteration of Spider Man. I like the villain, the wizard. Overall, a good movie. Number five on the list is the very first Spider Man that came out. To me, this is one of the movies that started the whole superhero movie craze this century. Um, this movie was a much needed movie at this time because it was the, it was not even a year after 9-11 happened and people were in need of something, you know, to look up to, to have that escape, to have that escapism and what's going on in the world during the time. And this movie provided it for him. I remember as a kid, I forgot what movie we was watching, but as a kid, I saw this uh, trailer in the theaters and it showed a bank robbery. And when the criminals were escaping on the helicopter, the helicopter got caught in between, um, a web, a web lining between the twin towers. But overall, this was a great movie. It started a, to me, it started the superhero trend we know of the day, and it hit all the classic beats of a superhero movie. You had the emotional killing of Uncle Ben. You had Peter's quest for MJ to notice him. You had a great villain, and the Green Goblin, his most known nemesis. You also had a macho man, Randy Savage cameo. Y'all, y'all know about me. I'm a huge wrestling fan. And also, to me, this doesn't get the credit that it deserves for starting this superhero movie trend. Coming in number four of the list, we have Spider Man Far From Home, the second movie in the Tom Holland series. Overall, to me, a worthy sequel. Out of all the movies on this list, this had the most pressure at the time of its release because it was following Endgame, you know, the biggest comic book movie. Or the biggest superhero movie of all time, and what I liked about this movie, I liked how daring this movie was because um, it's the only Spider-Man film not to take place in New York. It and uh, it took place in, it took place for the majority of the film in Europe because Spider-Man's main source of traveling is swinging from tall buildings, and Europe doesn't have as many tall buildings such at such as New York City. So he had to maneuver through in more unique ways, and I like the inter and I like the interracial relationship between. Peter Parker and MJ. I like Mysterio as a villain. I like the little underlying message it had about people's reliance on technology and how gullible people are about technology as well because people will believe anything they see on the internet. But the only flaw of this movie to me was that Mysterio, well, we all knew Mysterio was a bad guy, so we all knew Mysterio was going to double-cross Peter Parker eventually in the movie. And when they, you know, because when they presented Mysterio as like the next avenger you know since captain america's gone tony Stark died black widow's gone thor's gone for the time being they presented villain not uh, they presented mysterio as the next avenger but we all know that uh, that mysterio is an og villain of spider-man number three on the list the bronze medal goes to spider-man far from home spider-man um this was his first solo movie a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He made because we you know he made his debut in Civil War with a very warm reception, but a lot of people kind of give a side eye to this movie at first because we've seen this we've seen this story told twice before, but to me the third time is a charm. I had a theory that um they named this they named this film Homecoming because Spider Man was coming home to Marvel, you know, finally getting the rights back from Sony for a time being. And because, so, I guess, yeah. Well, Sorry, so get a little dry mouth. But Holland plays both roles, to me, of Spider Man and Peter Parker, very well. Definitely the most comic accurate portrayal of both characters because his. Because in this telling he was about fifteen or sixteen around the time where he got bit, like it is in the comics. And but they skipped the Uncle Ben gets killed scene in this movie because he was already established in Civil War. And I like that Tony Stark was kind of like his mentor slash father figure. And I like the whole take, you know, take your suit away and the whole take your suit away and you have to earn your suit back part of the movie. And I like how uh Peter Parker turned out the Avengers at the end of the movie because it shows growth. Because in life Something that you want at the moment isn't exactly what you need at the moment right now, but when it comes back later down the line um it's you know it's more meant to be and also a great villain in vulture played by Michael Keaton. and one of my favorite plot twists in recent years is when we found out that peter parker's love in- the Peter Parker's main villain is his love interests dad, and to me that has added a whole new dynamic to the film number two in second place i have spider-man into the spider-verse to me the most the most ambitious film of all the spider-man films one of the why is because it's the only animated movie on this list second introduce it to the spider introduced us to the spider-verse from the comics and you know probably the most popular multiverse in marvel and lastly it highlighted miles morales as the main spider-man because miles morales you know is the second iteration uh and a highly popular Spider-Man character. He's probably the most popular superhero that isn't the main iteration in the comics. if that makes sense? And what else can I say about this movie? This movie is a damn is a, is a damn near perfect movie. The animation is bright and vibrant. I like. It's like watching a live action comic book movie. They highlighted the different Spider-Man slash women. He had. Uh, he had another Spider-Man from a different universe. He had Spider-Man Noir. Uh, you know. You know, basically set in the noir setting, like the black and white aesthetic. Yes, Spider-Gwen, you know, uh, the iteration of spider, uh, Spider-Man, a but with Gwen Stacy as it. You have Spider-Pig, which, you know, most people think a pig got bit by a spider, but this telling, uh, a pig bit a spider, and that's how it became it. And you have, this one was always tricky because the spelling is, sp four slash four slash dr some people call it spdr i call it spider but basically it's this um this japanese girl she gets her name's penny parker and she gets adopted by uncle ben and uncle ben and aunt may and she operates this tech suit that her dad used to do and yeah and i think that's pretty cool and also yes yeah, spider-man 2099 that was mentioned in the post-credit scene another very a very of another very popular iteration of spider-man and i like the the hero development of miles morales in this movie because in the film for majority part he was the weakest link because he just received his powers not too long ago so he had to prove to himself and others that he was worthy to take up the mantle of spider-man in the wake of his current universe's peter parker and I like Kingpin as the main villain. Actually, uh, he had a, he was a villain with a good motive in the movie because you watch it it was like, oh, he's doing that? You know, I can't really blame him. And I also like the other villain cameos like the Prowler, Scorpion, and the female version of Dr. Octopus. Well, overall, uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a fantastic movie, highly underrated, and doesn't get talked about as much as it needs to be talked about. And to me, my opinion... The best Spider-Man movie they put out is Spider-Man 2. To me, it's up there with Dark Knight as one of the greatest superhero movies of all time. The reason is that it's number one to me is that it had the blueprint of the first movie and it improved on those aspects to make it even better movie. This is probably the best character performance of of Spider-Man in all his films because it showed the struggles of being a superhero. Because we know heroes like Iron Man and Batman, they have all the money, basically they're privileged. But Spider-Man was on a struggle bus. He was failing his college classes, he had no job, he had girl. he had relationship problems, he was slowly losing his powers. It got to the point where Peter Parker quit being Spider-Man, you know, something unheard of in a superhero movie because the hero is supposed to never give up, but sometimes you gotta take care of yourself before you can take care of others. And also, Spider-Man had the best villain of all this of, of the whole series in Dr. Octopus. A good man, a good man turned to the dark side after the loss of his wife at his science showcase. And this movie has some of the best fight scenes in the series as well, like the bank scene where um Dr. Octopus kidnapped Peter Parker's uh Uh, Aunt May, and she and she dropped and he dropped her from the top of the building, and he had to fight him and try to get her before she fell on the ground. At the same time, he had a scene where Spider Man stopped the train by using his webs, attaching them to the buildings, and he had the ending scene where where Spider Man basically held up a half of a building by himself. Then added in a side story of Harry trying to figure out who Spider Man really is, and. And right there, you have a move, you have a superhero movie that stood the test of time. And during this shared universe and crossover movie era that we live in today, it's just nice to see a movie, I think it was released 16 years ago, that stood the test of time and still considered one of the best superhero movies of all time. And I wholeheartedly agree with that. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate it. Y'all took time out of y'all busy day to give this podcast a listen. Please like, subscribe, share the podcast. Tell your family, tell your friends about the podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter at High Infinity Pod. And follow me, the host, Jacob Knight, on Twitter and Instagram at SoYamAsian. Yeah, and y'all please stay safe out there. And I will see y'all next time.